Hi, my name's Paul Grogan and welcome to episode 9 of the All New Gaming Rules podcast. This podcast is an audio version of the Gaming Rules monthly video log that went out at the start of December 2021. If you prefer to watch this on YouTube, that video is already there, but this podcast has been created thanks to the financial support of my Patreon campaign. So huge thank you to all of my supporters for making this possible, and if you like the content that I create, please consider supporting me at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. And now, on with the show. Hi, my name's Paul Grogan and welcome to the Gaming Rules monthly roundup video log thing for December 2021. Now, as discussed in the previous video log, I'm going to try and do these from now on in kind of the first week of the month. So it will be pretty much a wrap up of everything that happened in the previous month with a bit of an update on the Patreon campaign and everything else. Speaking of the Patreon campaign, for those people interested, the countdown to 800 is going well. We are currently, uh, as of filming this video right now, which is on the Thursday morning, the 9th of December, I think it is. Yeah, 9th of December. Uh, we are 30 patrons to go to reach the target of 800. Uh, more on that later on. But yeah, a big thank you to all of my current supporters and everybody who has joined the Patreon campaign recently. Right, so what I'm going to be doing first is I'm going to be talking about all of the games that I've been playing. Then I'm going to talk about everything else that's been covered on the channel. Uh, then I'll give you a bit of an update on what's happening in the future. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll do a Patreon update and announcement of the giveaways and everything else. So first of all... Let's jump into everything that I've played since the last video log. Now, this is going to be short for a couple of reasons. The first one is the last video log was actually done at the end of November, the 22nd of November, I think. So it's only been uh, a couple of weeks since the last video log. But as I say, I want to try and get into the habit of doing these uh, at, the, at the start of the month. Um, and the other reason is a little thing called GridCon. GridCon, Gaming Rules in Devon Convention, uh, is a convention that is organised by myself and my partner Vicky. And, and that ran for the first week, uh, it, well, the last week in November. It was a five-day event, but of course we had to be there the day before, so it was effectively a six-day event for us. And then we had to recover afterwards, and it's actually been two months of preparation. So GridCon has taken over our lives. Our lives pretty much have gone on hold for the certainly for the couple of weeks before gridcom we were spending we were spending every night uh preparing things making lists printing things out cutting things out and everything else um so yeah let, let's talk about what i've been playing since now some of these were played at gridcon um in fact yeah we can talk about gridcon first so gridcon um is a gaming convention it was 150 or so people um, should have been 160, but unfortunately a number of people couldn't make it for various reasons. So we had about 150 people, and the focus is on playing games. There were a few other things going on. There were some designers there and some publishers there uh, with, with their new games that they were showing, but there was no exhibitors as such. Games Law were there as a retailer, and they were selling games in the corner. But yeah, there's no booths for you to walk around with people trying to sell you games or anything like that. It's just mainly open gaming, uh, but lots of... Lots of people mixing and mingling, which doesn't sound good during COVID, but we did take COVID restrictions. The the logistical nightmare, I never want to run a convention again in those particular situations. It was very worrying um, and it was a lot of extra overhead trying to keep people safe and everything else. So thankfully, it, it all went okay from an attendee's point of view. We have a number of issues uh, going on in the background that we need to sort out before there is a there is a future event. So stay tuned for an announcement of GridCon 3. We'll probably announce it around March or April next year. So there won't be anything soon. So anyway, 
games that I played at Agreedcon was actually very little because my focus was on making sure the event went okay. Um, and also because of all of the issues going on, I didn't sleep particularly well for like five or six days. So my brain wasn't in the state that I wanted it to be in to be able to, you know, I wanted to play Bitoku, I wanted to play uh, Golem. There was a number of new games that I hadn't played yet that I really wanted to try at Gridcon. But when I got up in the morning after almost no sleep, my brain just wasn't in the right space for it. So I didn't play that many games myself at Gridcon. I did spend some time teaching other people how to play games uh, on Mars, Free Ride. Uh, I did play a few games of Mindbug, the little card game that I covered on the channel just before the previous video log. That's still on Kickstarter right now, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Um, so I, play, I played a few games of that because it's like 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, and I taught it to a whole bunch of extra people who, uh, who, who seem to enjoy it. Um, the, so the games I actually played that I remember, I played Miyabi on Saturday night. Now, Miyabi uh, by Michael Kiesling, published by Haber Games, is a fantastic game. Uh, I've only played it a couple of times before when it first got covered on the channel, which was, I think, the end of 2019. But I've been wanting to go back to it because it is such a great game. Now, Miyabi comes with a base game and I think eight different modules that you can add to it. The base game alone is fine. The base game is a really good game. And because I was playing with three new people, we only played the base game. I still haven't played any of the modules. If you have played Miyabi, um, let me know in the comments and let me know if you've played any of the modules. Uh, and if so, which of them are, are good modules? Because I definitely want to play it more, which is a phrase that you hear a lot on all of my videos. Um, the other thing is Battle Law 2. I'd been, I, I'd taken my, my Battle Law 2 set with all of the fully painted miniatures and everything else because I've been wanting to play this game for years and I've just never got around to it. In fact, I don't think I've actually played it since finishing painting the miniatures, which is about three or four years ago. So I took it along and me and Ian Haywood, we were saying, oh, shall we do Battle Law this day? And then I wasn't able to because there were issues that we had to sort out that morning. And then Ian was busy in the afternoon and then the next day something else happened. So on the Sunday afternoon, which is a really bad time to start something because on the Sunday afternoon, people start to leave the convention. And when people are starting to leave the convention, they kind of want to say goodbye to me. And if I'm busy playing a game, it's not really a good thing to do. But at about two o'clock on the, on the Sunday afternoon, I said to Ian, are you free? He said, yeah. I said, do you want to play Battle Law 2? So we did. And I was really happy that we did. Now, me and Ian played uh, on one side. Uh, and we played against a couple of other people on the other side, Adam and John, I think it was. And I had to keep disappearing to go and do stuff and Ian took over for, for, for when I wasn't there. But we were so rusty on the rules. I'm, I'm not sure anybody else had actually played it before. I had, but it was so long ago that effectively we were kind of learning as we go and we, and we did it. Now, Battle Law 2, for those who don't know, is use, it's, it's published by Fantasy Flight Games, but it's one of many games in the Command and Colors series. And they all use a very similar mechanism. So you've got Memoir 44 is also in the system. Command and Colors, I believe, is the, is the first game of the system, um, which is more of a historical war game, I think. So you've got Memoir 44, which is World War II. You've got Battle Law 2, which is fantasy. And you've got Red Alert Space Fleet Warfare that's sci-fi. But they all use a very similar system designed by Richard Borg, which divides the battlefield up into three lanes. And each turn, you choose a command card to play. And that tells you which units you can activate in each of the lanes. But there are some fairly major differences between them. They all use a lot of dice for combat. So if you don't like dice for combat, then that's just a part of the game. 
Um, but Battle Lord 2, I think having played all three, well, all three, having played Memoir 44, uh, Battle Lord, and also Red Alert Space Fleet Warfare, I think Battle Lord 2 is probably my favourite one. Now, the reason for that, and I'm saying this with a little bit of negative feeling because I've spent months and months of my life painting the spaceships from Red Alert Space Fleet Warfare. Now, I liked the fact that I, I painted the miniatures because I look at them afterwards and I go, these are great. But I tell you what, painting miniatures for a game which then turns out not to be that good is a bit disheartening. And when you think, hang on a minute, I've just spent six months painting these miniatures and I might not really play this game. That gives me a bit of a negative feeling. And the reason I'm mentioning that now is, in Battle Law 2, it is a victory point system, okay? You have armies on the board, but you're not just trying to destroy the opponent. You are trying to get victory points, and there is various scenarios where you can get different victory points, and that's really clever. And although you will be fighting your opponent and driving them back and killing their units and everything else, you don't get anything for that. It's controlling certain objectives and it's reaching certain targets and things like that. That's what gets you the points. And then it's the first team to 16 points that wins the game. We got to 16 points and there were actually very few units on the board killed. Now, I've played other games where there's a lot of units on the board killed. Whereas Red Alert, and the reason why I'm comparing the two, is very similar system but set in space. Most of the mechanisms are the same. But in Red Alert, the objective is destroy your opponent. That's it. There's multiple scenarios but the objective of, think of each one of them, as far as I know, and I've not read all of them, is just destroy your opponent. There's, no, there's nothing else to it. And I, I think whilst I dabble with these war game style games, I much prefer the ones which isn't just kill all of the opponent's units. Anyway, Battle Law 2, fantastic. Wanna play more of it, uh, and I'm considering going back and starting painting the miniatures for some of the expansions that I've got, because I've painted all the miniatures from the base game. I've got all of the expansions. I haven't painted any of those, so that might be my job for the next year. Really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. Um, so since then, since Gridcon, because as I say, I think that's all I played at Gridcon, um, I've had three games of Golem. So Golem, uh, one of the hot games that came from Essen 2001, 2001, 2021, this year. Golem is one of those games which was getting a lot of attention at Gridcon. It was booked out of the library a lot. Lots of people were playing it. A few people said it was their favorite game of all of the new Essen titles that they'd play. So I was very much looking forward to it. And I did in total, um, I've played three games of it. So what I did is I learned how to play the game. Was it three or four games? I think it was, I think it was three games. Um, I learned how to play the game on a Thursday. Uh, and then I took the game to the local games club on the Thursday night. Oh, that was it. I played, um, I played it online on Tabletop Simulator on Thursday afternoon. Thank you very much, Tom, for the teach of that. Uh, then I took it to the games club on Thursday night where I taught it to two other people. And then on the Friday night, we did the tutorial and playthrough video. So that, that video is on the channel now. If you want to see me teaching Golem to two other players uh, and then playing it, uh, Mark and Rob Turner came over and we played a three-player game of Golem. So yeah, that's on the channel now if you wanna see that. Now, unlike some of my other videos, that was not a sponsored video. So that means I can say whatever I want about the game, and wh whether you believe me or not, what I'm saying is I can give you my open, honest opinion about the game because I wasn't paid to make that video or anything. Now, I liked Golem. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I did like it, but I'm not sure why it was getting all of the positive things said about it. Um, and this may be one of those cases where you go into a film 
which has been so hyped up to be the best film ever, and you come out of it a little bit disappointed. My expectations of Golem, based on what everybody had been saying about it, is that it was going to be super, super really good and amazingly special. And what I got out of it is this is a good, solid game that I would happily play again, but I'm not sure... I'm, I'm not sure what I was missing. And this might just be that I am missing something and the game is amazing and fantastic and I've just not seen that yet. As I say, I'm not saying it wasn't a good game. I thoroughly enjoyed the game. I think the, the pace of the game, the flow of the game, I think the theme of the game is actually quite nice. I like the variability in the setup. Uh, the one thing that I wasn't quite keen on was the fact that um, the white marbles are a wild card for the purposes of the characters whereas black isn't a wild card, black doesn't match anything, whereas in the books, black is the wild card. And it was a little bit, it was a little bit confusing for me and a little bit confusing to teach that you say, over here, white is a wild card, but black isn't anything, and over here, black is the wild card. That was a little bit confusing. Um, overall, the iconography, I thought, was mostly good. There was a couple of bits where the, the icon for activating a golem without laying it down that that was a bit confusing because it was the hammer icon or it was the thing with the with the exclamation mark but the icon itself means build one there was just a couple of bits of the iconography that was a little bit confusing and the rulebook is mostly good there is a couple of bits in the rulebook which i feel need some clarification and if you are watching this video and you've played golem then there is a line in phase two of the round which basically that that's the round where everybody has to move their golems so one of the important thematic things about the game is that your golems are a little bit out of control. Uh, and as your golem strength sort of moves up, you have to move your golems even more, which means you need to move your students to, you know, rein them in or something like that. It's a, it's a fundamental part of the game. But in that part of the rulebook, it says that when your golems move, they stand up. So if they were lying down, they stand up. Now, when I first read the rulebook and I first played the game, I read that to mean, in that phase, when your golems move, they stand up. Because your golems can move at other times in the game, and it doesn't mention them standing up anywhere else in the rulebook. So the rules for the golems standing up when they move is in phase two, but it actually applies to the whole game. So if you have played golem, make sure that whenever your golems move, for whatever reason, whenever they move, they stand up. And if they don't move, they don't stand up. So yeah. It is just a couple of things, as I said. The rulebook was generally okay. There was a couple of bits which I felt could do with a bit of improvement, but that's usually the case with, with most games. Do I want to play Golem again? And this is the thing. Okay, I've played it three times, and I'm glad I played it three times, and I played it three times almost within a 36-hour period. Yeah, within a 36-hour period. And I'm glad I did that because on my third game, I actually felt like I knew what I was doing. And if you watch the video back um, from that three-player playthrough, I think it was clear that I had an advantage over the other players because I'd played it twice before recently. And I definitely would like to play it again. The only reason I'm not gonna be playing it again anytime soon is because I've still got a pile of other new games for Messen that I need to get through. Um, otherwise, I, I, would, I would definitely say yes to another game of it. One of the other questions of Golem that people have commented on is about replayability and variability. A lot of people have said, oh, it might end up getting a bit samey. And we had an interesting discussion after Golem of how many times would I play Golem before I feel I'm done with it? 
because in today's sort of gaming hobby, there are a number of people like myself who play games a few times and then they just never get played again because there's so many other games. I mean, I talked about Miami earlier on. I talked about Battle Lord 2. All games that I want to play loads more of, I just don't have the time to do it. And it's a shame. But we ended up having this big discussion about the game of Golem of how many times would you play Golem and then go, right, I've had enough of that game now. It's a good game, but I think I've, I've explored all of it. I've seen it enough. And that led on to a discussion about other games which I personally would play forever. So, Feast for Odin, Great Western Trail, uh, Puerto Rico. There's, there's so many games that I have in my collection that I could play 20, 50, 100 times and still never get bored with them and still want to play them again. And then there are other games in my collection where I think, okay, I'll give that game maybe five games or maybe 10, and then that's probably enough for me. And Golem, is probably in that 10 category. Now that doesn't mean it's a bad game at all. And in fact, most of my games in my collection, and the reason I'm sat in my games room, by the way, is that I've spent half a day reorganizing all of this. So I figured I'd celebrate by doing this video in front of the games collection. Um, so many games in this collection here, I haven't even played 10 times. So for a game to get played 10 times is actually quite a lot. But personally, I feel, yeah, Golem, I would happily play it 10 times and then I think I'd probably have explored that game enough. I'd still not say no to a game of it in future if somebody wanted to, but I can't see me going back and playing it 50, 100 times. Anyway, moving on. Uh, late on the Friday, after we'd played the game of Golem, we played a few rounds of Stick'em. Stick'em is a great little card game that I shouldn't like. It's full of take that, it's trick-taking, and it's just really, really good fun. I've actually done a video of it on the channel a while ago, where me, Gemma, and Nick, uh, we learned how to play the game from the rulebook. Uh, I've not covered it on the channel since then, but it is a really good game. And, oh, in fact, I've just remembered, I played this at Essen, uh, not Essen, uh, <laughs> Gridcon. You can see how I got the two conventions mixed up because they're so similar. Um, yeah, I actually played a round of Stick'em at, at Gridcon. I taught some people how to play, played one round of it, and then left them to it while I had to go and do some, some other stuff. Right, moving on, uh, next on the channel is Concordia. So I've got a couple of, couple of games of Concordia in. I did a solo game, uh, which was streamed to Patreon-only supporters, um, to Patreon supporters only, because I basically, I decided one, one afternoon, or was it an evening or something, to get out my Concordia collection, go through it, sleeve the cards, read all about the stuff, because for those who don't know, I have recently acquired everything for Concordia. I didn't own Concordia, uh, but I now have everything for Concordia, all of the expansions, all of the maps, everything. Um, because it's a game that I like, if not even love, and I should have it in my collection. So I am now a happier person <laughs> because I now have Concordia and I have all of Concordia and it feels great. Anyway, I did a video and as I say, this was a Patreon only stream where I basically unboxed everything, went through everything, then I got out the new solo mode, the Concordia Solitaire, which uh, got released at Essen this year. Not Gridcon, Essen. Um, and then I did a solo game playing it. Now, I am gonna be covering a, a public, I'm gonna be doing a public video for Concordia the solo mode very soon, this Saturday in fact. Um, but I did play it just to try out the new solo mode. And initial impression, it was great. I really enjoyed it. It's very simple, it's very clever in the way that it works. 
The only bit that I'm not sure about at the moment is the, your opponent takes an action depending on what card you play. Therefore, you actually have control over what the opponent's action is. And whilst that kind of sounds good, does that mean you could actually potentially break it? I am assuming not. I assume it's been tested quite a lot. Um, but if you get control over what the opponent does, I don't know, I need to look into it more, but it was really enjoyable and, and I, I enjoyed it and I'm going to be doing it again on Saturday. Also, speaking of Concordia, and this is on the channel now, I did a, a, a video using the Hispania map. So Concordia Digital came out a month or so ago from Akram Digital um, and they gave me a key so that I could cover it on the channel. And I've already done a playthrough, a couple of playthrough videos of the digital version. But this week, I've actually done a playthrough video using the Hispania map. Now, the Hispania map doesn't use any different rules from normal. It's a map that came with Salsa, but there are rules in there for if you're not using it with Salsa. And the digital version doesn't have Salsa yet. Um, so that's on the channel now if you want to see that. I will be probably doing another one using the Byzantium map, which is the other map that they've just released for the digital version. And they are going to be doing more stuff for the digital version. In fact, I had a message from them uh, yesterday to say that the Salsa is almost ready for beta testing. So yeah, they are working on the game, they're developing the game, they're adding more stuff to it all of the time. Right, next up, 7th of December, so that's this Tuesday, was Maracaibo Day. Now, the plan was that a good friend of mine, Paul Marsh, would come round for the day and we would be doing a... Uh, tutorial video, just me and him, of Maracaibo. This wouldn't be a public video because Paul's not played Maracaibo before, but we, he was going to come around in the morning and we were going to play Maracaibo and I was going to teach him how to play. Then in the afternoon, we were going to be playing the new, uh, one of the new, with the expansion, we were going to play one of the modules from the expansion. Now my Patreon supporters have been voting on which of the modules they wanted me to cover and the cooperative in the Caribbean was the one that they voted on, which I'm actually really happy about because I didn't realise that the expansion contained modules that basically were four different ways to play the game and that one of them was going to be cooperative. And I love cooperative games, so that's really good that they voted on that. Unfortunately, Paul wasn't able to make it. So what I did instead is I did a Patreon-only stream where I got the game out, read through it, set it up, sorted it out, and then I played a solo game using Cooperative in the Caribbean. And my first question is Caribbean or Caribbean? Because I've been looking into this, since Tuesday I've been looking into this and every website I look at says a different thing. So I'm keen to know what you think. Um, let me know in the comments, do you say A, Caribbean or B, Caribbean? Uh, please don't just put the word and say that's how I pronounce it, which is a great joke and I like that, but A or B? A is Caribbean and B is Caribbean. I'm just curious because I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. And as I say, every website that I've looked at seems to contradict another website. Anyway, what's the plan for Maracaibo? Well, neither of those videos that I did, um, well, the video that I did on Tuesday won't go public because it was very much a behind the scenes me roughly learning how to play. But I will be talking about Maracaibo, uh, what's coming up in future. So apologies, I did advertise that the Maracaibo videos would be filmed and ready this week. But as I say, unfortunately, Paul wasn't able to make it. And then finally, last night, the worst session of Arkham Horror LTG that we've ever had. And I say worst in that 
It went so, so badly wrong. It went more horribly wrong than any other scenario that I've ever played of Arkham Horror, with possibly the exception of Dunwich Chapter 3, um, which was, yeah, it, yeah. I don't want to give too many spoilers away because some of you are watching those videos regularly and we are meeting up again next week. But yeah, we did The Forgotten Age Chapter 5B last night and oh my. Now, we are still loving the Arkham Horror card game and we are still enjoying the game. The problem is we are playing through The Forgotten Age. The Forgotten Age is a campaign which is known to be absolutely brutal and absolutely punishing. The problem that we have is, and I'm curious... Uh, to get some feedback and comments from Arkham Horror players here. If you are an Arkham Horror player, please let me know what you think about what I'm about to say. Because our characters now, <clears throat> excuse me, our characters are pretty screwed. We are going into, apart from Emily, Emily's fine, Our the rest of us, our characters are going into each scenario with four trauma or five trauma, you know, like, Andy's going in with four physical trauma. I'm going in with, I think, three mental trauma. Now, the, the way that the game works, for those who don't know, is if you have trauma, it is lasting damage that carries over from one scenario to the next. It's very thematic, it's brilliant, it works well. The problem is, if you go into a scenario with multiple trauma already, it means that your character isn't going to survive as long. Because as soon as your character takes damage up to a certain limit, then you're eliminated from the scenario. So Andy's going in, he's, going, he's got eight health, and he's going into it with four trauma. That means his character can only take four more damage in that scenario, and then he's eliminated. Now, the scenarios are already hard. The game is already hard, and so many games you only just manage to scrape through. Basically, what I'm saying is we've got three episodes left. We've got three chapters left, six, seven, and eight. We are going into each one already half crippled. And that means the chance of us succeeding are even slimmer than they were before. So it's a little bit demoralizing knowing that we're going to be playing through these last three chapters of the campaign without us catting whatever's chance, you know, of, of surviving. And you want to go into every game thinking, right, this might be a bit difficult, but we can, we can do it. Come on, we can do it. We're, I'm going into these last three thinking, well, actually, we're going to fail every one. Now, we're still going to play it. We're not going to give up. And we are going to, as Andy said last night, we are going to get a resolution, whatever that resolution is. But once you reach the point in the campaign where you think, oh, you know, what, what's the point? Because no matter how hard we try, we're not going to succeed. Now, saying that, I have no idea what chapter six, seven, and eight hold for us. Because the way that chapter five ended, and I know I don't want to give any spoilers away, but the narrative at the end of chapter five, it could be something completely different next. I, I, we, don't, we don't know. But anyway, tune in next week for an all new exciting episode of Paul Gets Lost in the Jungle. Yeah, we're doing chapter six next Wednesday. Right, other stuff that has happened on the channel. So that's all of the games that I've been playing. Other stuff that's happened on the channel. I did an unboxing video of Imperial Steam. I did that this week. More on Imperial Steam in a minute. Uh, the Bonfire expansion, which is quite exciting because Bonfire seems to be a very popular game from last year uh, and I need to play it more. And also did an unboxing video for Boone Lake because Boone Lake, uh, the physical copy, arrived just before Gridcon. So I did an unboxing video and then I put it in the box and it went to Gridcon. 
Um, I've also done a couple of extra other Patreon-only streams of me playing some computer games on the channel. So uh, for those Patreon supporters who are interested in that kind of thing, the Slack channel is always the best place to get this. I don't post everything to the Patreon page because some of them are very impromptu. Some of them are very much, oh, I've got an hour free. What shall I do? I'll, find, I'll play a new computer game and, and I'll stream it because it's really great for me to do those with some people in the chat. Uh, and I think some people enjoy watching them as well. But I'm not, I, I don't tend to post those things all of the time to, to the Patreon page because there would be too many. Uh, so yeah, if you're a Patreon supporter of mine and you are not on the Slack channel, then, and you wanna get on the Slack channel, please contact me and I can help you with that. Um, I also did the live Q&A. So a couple of days after GridCon, I did the monthly live Q&A. I did it on the, the very last day of November. That's on the channel now and available as a podcast. So if you're listening to this uh, video log as a podcast, I think this is episode nine or maybe 10, whatever. Um, but the, the Q&A, the most recent Q&A is also uh, available as a podcast as well. Right, future plans. I'm gonna have a glass of water. Right, things coming to the channel. And this is a bit, I'm quite excited by this because this now that I'm doing this at the start of December, this is my plans for the next month. This is my plans for right through the whole of December and just into the start of January. First of all, Imperial Steam. As soon as this video log is done and edited, my brain goes into Imperial Steam mode. Um, tomorrow night, I'm doing a sponsored tutorial and playthrough of it, which means I'm basically spending the rest of today learning it. So I will be doing a Patreon-only behind-the-scenes video of me learning Imperial Steam this afternoon. I may have to then spend this evening on it more. Tomorrow, um, I've got friends coming around in the afternoon and we're gonna be doing, again, a Patreon-only stream of us playing through Imperial Steam. This is all preparation work. This is all background preparation that I need to do in order for me to be able to create that video tomorrow night. And then finally, Friday night, so tomorrow night, or tonight if you're watching this video tomorrow, uh, I don't know when I'm gonna be able to release this video, so um, Friday the 10th of December is all I'm gonna say. Eight o'clock PM, UK time, Imperial Steam tutorial and playthrough. Thank you very much to Capstone Games for sponsoring the video. And I'm really looking forward to it because as soon as Clay from Capstone Games told me about Imperial Steam many months ago, I was excited. Then when I started seeing pictures of it, I got even more excited. Then when I started hearing reports from people who'd played it and saying how fantastic it was, I'm even more excited. So yeah, Imperial Steam, I'm very excited about it. That's all I can say at the moment. And I will be learning how to play in a few hours time. Also, Concordia Solo is happening this Saturday. Maracaibo Day was supposed to be next Tuesday. Unfortunately, I've just had an email from Paul Marsh. He now can't come round until January. So I'm going to have to reschedule something for Maracaibo, uh, which basically means asking my local players, who can come round to play Maracaibo with me, please, somebody? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to do that fairly soon. Then next week, both Zapotec and Tabanusi should be arriving from Board and Dice, and I have videos planned for both of them. So at some point in December, Zapotec is going to get an unboxing video, a solo playthrough video, and a multiplayer playthrough video. In fact, that's probably happening on the 17th. Then Tabanusi is gonna get the same treatment, and I need to fit that in the week before Christmas. So again, unboxing video, solo playthrough video, and a multiplayer video for both Zapotec and Tabanusi from Board and Dice. Thank you very much for Board and Dice for your support uh, over the years, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm looking forward to both of those games for different reasons. 
Uh, Tabanusi is the next game in the T-series of games, and I've liked all of them so far. And Zapotec is by Fabio Lopiano, who's done some great games that I really enjoy, like Merv and another game. So yeah, looking forward to both of those. There is also going to be, I have planned, another solo game coming to the channel, which will be voted on by Patreon supporters. So I'll be putting a vote up probably this weekend uh, for, for Patreon supporters to vote on uh, which other solo game should I be playing this month? Because I'm doing Concordia this Saturday, but every month I do a solo game voted on by Patreon supporters. So that will be there as well. Uh, another thing, I'm working on getting Luke Hecht around just a couple of days before Christmas. Uh, Luke's family live sort of uh, nearish me, and I think Luke's coming home for, for Christmas, so I've basically invited him round. So we're, we're roughly planning the 23rd of December, Luke's gonna come round and we're gonna play some games together. Uh, that's the plan. Watch this space for more details. Now over Christmas, so the Christmas uh, period or the holiday period or the festive period, whatever you want to call it, but basically the last week of December, I'm not planning to have anybody round to do any playthroughs. What I am going to be doing is the same thing that I did last year, where I am going to be doing a series of videos, probably at the same time each day, where I read some sections from the fighting, fighting fantasy books. Uh, I did it last year and it was a lot of fun uh, and there was a great crowd that joined in every time and it was a real nice thing for everybody to get involved in. And I will be doing the same thing this year. I don't yet know which book I will be covering. Again, that will be voted on by patron supporters. Um, but yeah, watch this space. If you're interested in that, I, I don't know exactly which book I'll be doing or exactly what time I'll be doing it. I think I did them at four o'clock last year. Um, but we might change it to mid-afternoon, I'm not sure. Um, but that will be happening between between Christmas and New Year. Other than that, uh, I don't have any plans for any streams. However, I do have plans for three more videos before the end of the year. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to fit these in or not. But first thing I want to do is I want to do my top games of 2020. For those people who don't know, uh, I do release a top 10 games of the year, but I don't do it at the end of the current year. I do it at the end of for the end of the previous year. So this year, in 2021, I am planning to do my top 10 games of 2020 because I feel doing it now for this year gone is too soon, right? There's n I, some of the games that have come out this year, like Bitoku, I've not even played yet. So, and, I, and you know, I, I, I just feel it's too soon. So that's one thing I am planning to do. However, another thing that I am planning to do is a collaboration with some of the content creators on the best games from this year. And this is purely a right now, as of this moment, what are the best games we've played this year? Um, and, and I still need to work out when I'm going to do this and have time to do this. But I have all of these ideas of things that I want to do. Um, and I get excited by these ideas. And then I look at the reality and I think, hmm, haven't quite got time to do all of these. Um, at the moment, just drifting slightly off topic, a number of people have said, you know, congratulations on your retirement and I hope it's going okay. Unfortunately, I still have a number of rulebook things that I'm working on. There are three rulebooks that are still currently going on. Um, I, I'm not finished with them, but my work in them is a lot less than it was. And I, I, I want to kind of wrap up these loose ends before officially stepping away from rulebook work. Um, it's not big work for each of them, but it is still work that needs to be done. 
and at the moment it is very much happening in the background. Um, three of them, for example, the three that I'm working on, I couldn't do anything with um, yesterday or the day before because it, it wasn't ready for me. And at some point I'm going to get a message like I did this morning to say, right, the next bit of work is needed. And suddenly I get dragged away from all of this new exciting stuff that I'm doing back into the work that I still need to finish up. So yeah, that it, it's a difficult tricky time for me juggling things around because part of me wants to move on and start doing all of this extra stuff but then I need to remember I do have these projects that I, I do still need to finish off but as I say it, it, it's tricky when you don't know exactly when you're going to be needed for them. Anyway let's do it let's go over to the, the Patreon update. So November was another great month for the Patreon. A huge thank you to everybody who has started supporting me in the last month and to all of my existing supporters who have stayed with me um, throughout everything that's been going on with the channel for the last couple of years. So yeah, big thank you to everybody. On screen now is a list of all of the new supporters in November. And as you can see down at the bottom, we actually got 43 new supporters in November, which is fantastic. We did lose 17 people, unfortunately. So there's a net increase of 26. Now the average net increase on the channel is about four or five. So for the last two months, the, the net increase has been fantastic. And this is all helping me to try and reach that goal of 800. I don't think I'm gonna get there by the end of the year. Uh, and in some ways, it's probably good if I, if I don't get there by the end of the year, because I have plans for when I do get to 800. Uh, and if I get to 800 by the end of the year, I'm not gonna have time to do the thing that I said I was gonna do. So maybe January, maybe January, we, we will see. Um, but yeah, and again, just touching on my decision to step away from rule books, I mentioned at the time that I'm making that decision based on the current situation. I hadn't expected this increase in Patreon, um, but it is very much appreciated. And every single day, I know that it was the right decision to do. And the only reason why I actually feel, because when I, when I was making the decision, I was really nervous and I was like, was this the right thing to do? Are we gonna be okay? Because it's it's basically, it's, it's a big chunk of work that pays money is gonna go. I'm not, I'm not gonna get that money anymore. And I, I, we've we, we worked it out and I thought, okay, we're gonna have to change a couple of things, but we, we will be okay. And the important thing is that I'm hopefully gonna have a better quality of life moving forward. Because I can't, can't live the way that I have lived for the last five or six years. Um, but, the patron support over the last couple of months, especially the, uh, the the messages that I've had from existing patron supporters, the support from existing patron supporters and the new patron supporters has made me feel this was absolutely the right thing to do. And now when I look uh, at whether it was the right thing to do or not, it isn't even a question anymore. It's, yeah, basically the patron support is giving me this huge, you know, you know when you have a really, really nice thick duvet and a really comfortable pillow? That's, that's what I feel um, the patron supporters give, give me, is they give me this big comfort safety net. Um, so yeah, feel really good about it. So yeah, big thank you to all of your support. Uh, as of now, December, um, just, just to let you know, a bit of a, bit of a heads up, because this might change by the end of the month. In fact, it probably will. Uh, we are a few supporters up. For, for December. So we are currently, as of last night, we are standing at 771 supporters. So we're only 29 to go. Um, yeah, so it's currently up by six this month. I think there's been nine new people and three lost this month already. 
Um, but yeah, up by six, which is which is great. So yeah, 771 supporters. As I say, if we get to 800, that'd be great. Moving on to the contest. So every month I give a I do a game giveaway for one of my patron supporters, and the contest last month was to win a copy of Messina 1347, kindly donated by Delicious Games. If you are a patron supporter at producer level or higher, you automatically get entered in it. The draw is done. You don't need to enter the contest or anything like that. I did the draw last night uh, and the winner, congratulations to Linda, uh, otherwise known as Triple L, some of you who've uh, talked to her on Slack or play games online. Um, yeah, congratulations, Linda. I will be in contact with you and Delicious Games and we will get a copy of the game to you as soon as we can. This month's contest is to win a copy of Brick and Mortar, uh, kindly donated by Nick from Octoraf Games. Brick and Mortar is a game that I covered on the channel last month uh, and it got played at Gridcon a couple of times uh, and Nick has said that he's happy for me to do a giveaway and he will get a copy to them. So this is effectively the, the last giveaway for the year. Uh, and again, if you're a patron supporter at producer level or higher, on the 1st of January, to be honest, I probably won't do the draw on the 1st of January, but at the start of it, basically, you've got until the end of this month, okay? If you are a patron supporter, at the end of this month, then you automatically get entered into the draw. So I say 1st of January, that, that's too late. If you start supporting me on the 1st of January, I'm afraid it's too late. You have to be a supporter of mine by the end of the year, uh, and then I'll do the draw, and I will let you know in the next video log. Um, so good luck to everybody. And thanks again to Nick from Octorough Games. And if you're interested in brick and mortar, the video's on the channel. God, I need to play that again. Definitely, definitely need to play that again. Certainly after that last game. Um, so yeah, personal updates. I kind of mentioned a bit about the, the rulebook work and the, and the Patreon and how I feel about that. That's pretty much everything. I'm really excited about the future. Um, not nervous about it at all. I'm very excited about it. And if I end up having two to three days a week, or certainly two days a week, where I can spend that time getting my life back in order, maybe doing a bit of exercising, maybe doing some house stuff, and maybe doing just some fun streams, then, then that's what I'm gonna be doing. Um, what I need to be careful of, because my personality is such that, in a few months time, I might be just in the same place that I am, and that 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 is a problem. You, you might think, well, how? How can you end? How can you be in the in the same place that you are with like working every hour and not having any weekends free if you're giving up a big part of your job? Well, I managed it last January, and it's because I might I, I need to be very careful that I don't get stuck in the rut and go, all oh, right, I got loads of free time. What shall I do? I'll do another stream. Oh, I got more time. What shall I do? I'll do this. Oh, I've got more time. What do I do? Do this, and then I go downstairs, and the house is a complete mess. I'm like, yeah, no. I need to be, as I say, getting back in control of my life, prioritizing things and doing the things that need to be done, should be done and that I want to do and then using the spare time to do the fun stuff. Not simply saying, oh right, this is great, I've got loads of free time, I'll spend all day playing Gloomhaven Digital, which will be fantastic, and then go downstairs and go, oh wait a minute, we've got these bills to pay, we've got this to do, oh and I didn't go to the doctors, oh and I forgot to go shopping and we haven't got any milk and things like that. It's like, yeah, okay. So that's on me. Uh, and that is basically life skills that for me have kind of gone out the window for the last few years and I need to I need to get them back. But yeah, as I said, I'm looking forward to it. I've got so many exciting plans of things that I want to do next year. We talked about Battle or Two. There's nothing more that I would love is to like, you know, invite 
people over for a week and we just play Battle or Two all week. That sounds great, fantastic, but when, when am I gonna fit that in? <laughs> when am I gonna do that? Um, but anyway, we are, we are all done. Thank you very much to everybody for watching. Again, thank you very much to all of your support. And if you do like the content that I create, then please consider supporting me at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. I know a lot of you watching this are supporters already, so yeah, a big thank you to you for helping make all of this possible. I'm gonna disappear now, get this vlog edited, and then I'm gonna be learning how to play Imperial Steam this afternoon. Until next time, take care, and thanks for watching.